Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to a brand new week and a brand new episode. I have had a wonderful, um, well, a wonderful week really, because it has really been very warm and very sunny where I am here in the south of Spain. Um, it's normally pretty sunny most of the time, but it's been uncharacteristically warm for January, um, to the point that my husband actually even got in the swimming pool. Um, the earliest that we've been in the pool since we moved here was the beginning of March, um, but we've had my sister and her partner come over to stay and they were quite keen to kind of get in the pool. So yes, we've very much, you know, getting into the summer vibes very early on. And this was actually one of the big reasons that we decided to move to this part of Spain in particular, because it is such amazing weather for the majority of the year. We get very little rain. It's very, very sunny most of the time, which means we can just be outdoors so often. And I really just feel that that's had a huge impact on my mental health and just my anxiety levels. And yeah, I just, uh, it's one of those times when I just realize like this was the best decision that we could have made for our family. And um, yeah, I'm so thankful that I have a business that allows me to be able to, you know, move to a different country. You know, I'm not tied to a job or an office where I have to be there. Um, So yeah, it's one of those moments, I think, when I just feel very, very lucky. Um, But anyway, I digress because for the purpose of this um, episode today, I want to dive into a topic that features quite heavily in my work as a feminine leadership coach. And this is the exploration um, of feminine archetypes. So this is something that I weave into my She Leads Feminine Leadership Programme. It's a way for my clients to really understand themselves at a deeper level, to go through that self-exploration against more of a framework. So it gives it a little bit more structure when we're really diving into like who we really are, who we really are, what we're really motivated by, exploring our shadows, exploring our light. Um, And so I've loved playing around and exploring the feminine archetypes. And I thought I've not actually ever spoken about this much on a podcast episode. So I thought for anybody that's new to this work, I would introduce it to you and give you a bit of an understanding of what feminine archetypes are and how you can really utilize this concept for your own personal growth and as you step into your own feminine leadership era. So let's just start by thinking about what is an archetype. Well, it's essentially a combination of qualities, thoughts, behaviors that a woman or a man displays. So archetypes are patterns of behavior that can actually aid and influence our mental, emotional and spiritual growth as human beings. So we all have the divine feminine and the divine masculine energies within us, whether we are a man or a woman. 
And a divine, divine feminine archetype is when a woman embodies the highest expression of her feminine energies. So a big part of the work that I do as a feminine leadership coach is really to help women find their unique sweet spot between the masculine and the feminine and really get into alignment with the correct balance that is going to work for them, that's going to help them show up in the most powerful way, that's going to help them step into their highest possible version of themselves. So this is where these feminine archetypes can really come into play. Now, I want to go through the feminine archetypes that I use within my work. And I want to point out that you may not embody all of these archetypes. Um, it's in fact very unlikely that you will embody all of them. There'll be usually one dominant archetype expressing through you at any one time. Um, and there may be two, three or more that emerge through your life as you grow and change. So it's not like, oh, I am this feminine archetype and that's who I will always be. We go through seasons and cycles within our life where we may lean into one feminine archetype over the other. So I'm going to go through um, the feminine archetypes and as I'm going through these, see which one you resonate with. You may actually find that as I'm going through the descriptions, you might recognize parts of numerous archetypes within yourself. Um, you'll probably resonate with a few of them more deeply than the rest. Um, you may feel magnetically drawn to others um, that you wish to embody more of. So maybe I'm reading one and you think, I want to be more like her, um, or that's how I want to show up in the world. Um, so this is normal. And I would say, as you're kind of listening to these explanations, just trust your in intuition and just allow it to guide you. Um, there's no good or bad when it comes to the feminine archetypes. Some are more celebrated in our patriarchal society, but each of the archetypes has her own positive energies and her negative side. And we want to recognise that without judging or labelling, you know, the good and the bad, because we must remember that there is room for duality within the human experience. We need both the dark and the light to live a very, very full life. Exploring ourselves through the use of these feminine archetypes, it's really an invitation to explore our darker side, explore our shadows a little bit more. Often we are made to feel guilty or shameful about, you know, the darker sides of our personality or, you know, traits that we perhaps have that perhaps aren't, you know, necessarily the most celebrated traits. And I think this is where the feminine archetype um, exploration can come into play because we're acknowledging that this is a part of who I am and I'm accepting all of who I am. And we can only feel fully whole and we can only show up in the world being fully who we're meant to be by accepting and embracing both the light and the darkness. So this is why I feel like the feminine archetype work really becomes interesting because it's this opportunity to, to explore both the light and the dark, which I will go into a little bit more as we go through some of these descriptions. But let's get started then with the different feminine archetypes. So starting off with the maiden then, um, she's sometimes also known as the Virgin. She has this innocent, youthful, playful spirit. She's very much passionate and excited for life. She's bursting with energy, you know, ready to take on the world single-handedly. So I often think of this version, um, this, this feminine archetype as me when I'm about to start a new project for something or perhaps me at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey or, you know, when I'm about to do something new and it's exciting and I've got all of these ideas and all of this energy and, you know, it kind of, it's just this exciting time. So somebody that is in their, their maiden archetype, she's positive, she's optimistic 
Um, she's yet to be jaded by challenging life experiences that, you know, often will only come with age. Um, and she's very comfortable in her own skin and she's not afraid to show the world who she really is at heart. Um, so the maiden phase, it's usually experienced before a woman discovers her career ambitions. Um, often before she enters into marriage and motherhood. But, you know, we can go through the um, phases of being in the maiden at different times within our lives. So it's not just like, oh, I only get to experience this once and then that chapter of my life is over. Um, I feel that we kind of move through these cycles. Um, but typically this woman is yet to find herself, but in thoroughly enjoying the journey to get there and isn't afraid to break some rules along the way. But then the maiden in her shadow side, um, her innocence and lack of wisdom can often make her vulnerable and it leaves her perhaps open to others taking advantage of her. So she may become compliant or obedient to satisfy her need to please others and to be liked. Um, She's also at the risk of becoming codependent, perhaps in a relationship um, and maybe even being drawn to risky situations. Um, I want to give you a very sort of basic few kind of things that you can do if you're recognizing yourself within this maiden archetype, how archetype rather, how to embody her more. So it might be through unleashing your creative energy, um, focusing on yourself, um, exploring your personal boundaries, playing a little bit more. And then we have the lover archetype. So the lover, she is fully connected to her sensuality and her sacred sexuality. So she's confident, she's passionate, she's you know, radiating magnetic energy. She really craves deep connection and intimacy with others, whilst also you know, desiring her own freedom at the same time. So the lover has very much an abundant mindset. She's got a very hopeful out- outlook, which means she draws all of these things into her life with ease. You know, she's got this magnetism about her. Um, she's very much grounded in the present moment, And she has a presence that can be felt, which often makes her perhaps the centre of attention. And she loves this. The lover loves being that centre of attention. Now, when we embody the lover archetype, we open ourselves fully to receive pleasure, adore our bodies as they are. Maybe we feel more confident expressing our sexuality. Um, And the lover encourages us to create a blissful life with things that really, you know, light us up, make us feel passionate. But then we have the lover in her shadow side. She can become quite controlling. Um, Maybe she attracts unnecessary drama into her world. And perhaps she may use her feminine power to manipulate others to get what she wants. Um, She could also be quite vain. Maybe she's stuck in a very unhealthy comparison trap. Um, She perhaps actually lacks self-love and self-esteem and may actually have a very distorted image of her physical self. Now, if you're resonating with the lover archetype um, or you're feeling drawn to this archetype, to embody the lover archetype more would be to practice self-love more. So rituals or things that you do that help you cultivate greater sense of self-love, things that will help work on building your inner confidence. Um, Maybe things like writing yourself a, a love letter, reminding yourself of why you're loved, why you're so amazing. Um, and then wearing clothes, using clothes as, as an expression of yourself to help you feel more like that, that inner goddess. And then we have the mother archetype. So the divine mother archetype is tuned into her nurturing side, her caring side, her compassionate side. Um, whether she has 
children of her own. It's not necessarily only women who have children can be in the mother archetype. Maybe somebody who's childless, but has this deep desire to protect, to nourish, to take care of others, um, you know, and really watch others bloom. So it might be that somebody is perhaps a coach and is doing this, you know, really has that nurturing side for others, somebody who's lives their life in service of other people. So maybe it's through a business venture, a creative project. But the the mother archetype, she's selfless. She often will put her own needs, the the needs of others rather, above her own. Um, And just as Mother Earth nourishes everything on this planet and gives abundantly, the mother archetype also shares similar gifts. So she teaches us to trust, to follow our natural rhythms, discover balance in our lives. Um, She can also connect to our inner child and heal our younger self. So with this mother archetype, we feel safe, we feel protected, we feel cared for. But then we have the mother in her shadow side. So in her shadow, she can sometimes become an overgiver to the point where her own resources actually become depleted. So maybe she neglects herself and is therefore unable to show up as her best self. Um, she can often feel like she loses her own identity as a woman, um, independent of her role, you know, with, within other people. Um, she can also become codependent and controlling as a caretaker, and she can sometimes struggle to let go when it's time to. To embody the mother archetype more, it will be doing things like practicing more self-care, um, not being afraid to put your own needs first. So thinking, how can I prioritize myself and my needs before I prioritize the needs of others? Um, how can I become less codependent, so less reliant on other people in order to feel a certain way or to have certain things done? Um, it can also be doing things like connecting to your sacred cycle, um, the moon cycle, you know, acknowledging the rhythm of you know these cycles and how we kind of live our lives to the rhythm of these cycles, spending more time in nature. Then we have the feminine archetype of the enchantress. So the enchantress archetype, um, this phase often takes place during the autumn phase of a woman's life. So this would be after her childbearing years, but before menopause. Um, So the enchantress, she enters a very different phase of her life. um, If her children are perhaps now grown up, they've left the home. Um, but before, you know, she's actually entered into the menopause phase. Um, and this actually then gives her a really beautiful opportunity to perhaps rediscover who she actually is once again. So kind of re-finding her identity again um, in this sort of later stage of life. Um, she's somebody who's perhaps having going to have more time to explore new hobbies, exploring new passions or you know, going back to some passions that she had previously that she's perhaps put aside while she was um, being that mother role. Um, You know, she's now got this maturity and wisdom and clarity to guide her in this new journey. Um, Her mind is maybe on grandchildren and future generations. So with this in mind, she's perhaps devoted to contribution, to giving back, immersing herself in her community, perhaps to leave the world a better place. Um, so you may kind of think of this as your rite of passage before you're ready to take the place, your place as the wise woman, which we'll get to shortly. It's almost kind of like learning and rediscovering who you are as a way to kind of then step into your next chapter. Um, the enchantress in her shadow side then, 
She can sometimes lose her sense of self as her children move on with their own lives. So maybe she feels empty, unfulfilled, maybe she's lacking purpose. And this can actually lead her to withdraw from life, life and maybe miss out on the opportunity to rediscover herself. Now, if you're resonating with this archetype, to embody her more, it would be doing things like exploring old and new hobbies, um, you know, interests, new passions, leaning on friends and family more for support during times of challenge, um, embracing this new stage of life, looking for the gifts it presents, um, integrating yourself more into the community, um, you know, finding new networks to immerse yourself within. And then we move on to the archetype of the healer. So the healer archetype then, she is somebody who's, she deeply nurtures and nourishes herself, which then allows her to extend that care to everyone and everything in her world. So maybe this is to friends, to family, to clients, the wider community. The healer is somebody who loves unconditionally and she enables us to create strong, healthy relationships based upon genuine connection. So she is somebody that is going to show us what love, grief and acceptance can transform into if we are willing to face it. Um, And she's a natural space holder for herself and for others. So she's somebody that's quite patient. She's very present. She's very compassionate. And although she's not going to be able to do your healing for you, she'll be able to stand by your side. She'll be able to support you once you commit to your soul's work. Um, So the healer in her shadow side She, it can be quite difficult to recognize the healer in her shadow as many of her qualities, shadow qualities are actually celebrated by our current society. But a common shadow is this feeling responsible for solving everybody's pain. So somebody that just feels like they need to save the world, they want to help everybody, and they really have this kind of deep sense of responsibility for other people's suffering, Um, you know, responsible for solving everyone's pain and struggles, even when perhaps their advice actually hasn't been called upon. Um, the healer is also at risk of overgiving and perhaps then neglecting herself, which can then lead to her feeling depleted, making her feel quite drained of her natural resources. She may also have this, it's called a gifted complex. So it might be where she believes no one can heal unless they have her special knowledge and her special skill set. Um, Now, in her shadow, the healer may be focused on self-gratification as the driving force for offering help rather than necessarily focusing on the person's healing. So it's more about the joy that they're getting from healing others. Again, coming back to this sort of gifted complex, because it feels good to be able to give to others, but it makes them feel almost superior because they've been the one to heal that person rather than necessarily focusing on the person that they're healing. Um, Now, if you're recognizing yourself or being drawn to this healer archetype, to embrace her more, to embody the healer more, it would be, first of all, creating space for yourself. Um, Practicing the art of active listening, which is very much a a powerful um, skill within coaching. Um, Engaging in your own shadow work. Focusing on helping and supporting from the sidelines rather than always necessarily taking control. So kind of a good lesson with this within the coaching space would be, you know, it's not necessarily about always giving advice. Sometimes it's about asking the right questions and holding space for that person without you necessarily needing to be the person that's telling somebody what to do or sharing their life experience. Um, Now, let's move on to the next feminine archetype, which is the creatrix. So this is someone... um, who is sometimes also known as the goddess or the muse. 
So she's the artist, she's the writer, the storyteller. Um, she's the one that's dedicated to unleashing her authentic self and her creative energy without fearing external judgment. So this is somebody who's really overflowing with ideas. Everything she creates originates from this deep place within and it's this true expression of her soul. So she shows up with honesty, with integrity, with purpose. Um, she recognizes that she's being worked and everything that is born and manifested through her is done with co-creation with the divine. So it's this connection to the universe. The universe is channeling itself through her and that's how she, she creates what she does. But then the creatrix in her shadow side can actually doubt herself and the inspirations and ideas she receives from the universe. So maybe she's thinking, well, is this what I should be sharing? You know, is this what I believe? Is this my authentic self? How will people receive this? So she perhaps sometimes doubts the message that she wants to share. She can also be quite paranoid, paranoid, should I say, um, sometimes getting trapped in a very much this starving artist mentality. Um, you know, I'm so gifted or I'm, you know, I'm creating this, but the flip side is that I can't receive for it. So it's maybe this inability to really receive, you know, perhaps receive money or get paid her worth. Now, if you are resonating with the creatrix, um, to embody this archetype more, if you do suffer from self-doubt, it's really about getting to the root of where that self-doubt originates from, getting it at the root so you can fully heal it. It's also about giving yourself enough time to just be rather than constantly feeling that you need to do. So spending more time perhaps in meditation, um, focusing on deep, uninterrupted periods of making art. So whatever that looks like for you, maybe it's creating content, maybe it's actually, you know, arts as in like painting something, um, whatever it is, whatever creating something artistic means for you, it's spending more time in that. Um, learning to embrace your authentic self, to love your authentic self. Um, writing out a new story that empowers you more. And then we have the feminine archetype of the priestess. So she represents our unique soul path in this lifetime. So she tunes into her intuition. She trusts and accepts the guidance of the universe and inspiration as she walks her path. So this is the archetype that we really must embody to live our grandest, most inspired, most fulfilling life. So the priestess aligns with our highest values and our sacred purpose and this real desire to be of service in some form. So she's very much a sensitive soul and very much spiritually connected to her higher self. Um, she's also very connected to the universe and perhaps even to other guides. Um, she has this deep desire for higher no knowledge and she's very patient and peaceful in her quest for this. Um, the priestess grounds herself in nature. She follows the natural cycles of the earth, perhaps following the moon cycles as well. But then we see the priestess in her shadow side. Maybe she struggles to differentiate between her intuition and her ego. And because of this, she therefore struggles to trust her own inner compass and actually follow it. Um, she may actually be conflicted between a path that society wants for her versus her soul path, you know, the path that she knows deep down that she came here to walk. It may be she's kind of struggling to decide which one to follow. Um, she may also struggle to be in her body and feel grounded and feel present. Now, if you're recognizing yourself within this priestess archetype in order to embody her more, it would be doing things like taking walks in nature, tuning into the moon cycle, 
um, journaling regularly, meditating regularly, um, you know, checking in with yourself quite frequently, asking, am I living the life I truly want to live? Um, thinking about how you can actually then use your gifts to serve other women. And then we have the queen archetype. So the queen stands very much rooted in her power. She's a natural leader. She's sovereign. She's fiercely loyal. She's confident in taking charge, whether that's, you know, in business or it might be in a romantic relationship or within her family. She sets goals for herself. She's very motivated to achieve them. You know, she takes one actionable step at a time. She keeps moving herself forward. Um, she understands the importance of investing in herself as a woman. Um, so you'll often find her reading books. She'll be taking courses. You know, she's constantly investing in her education or, you know, in her personal growth. Maybe she'll go on wellness retreats. She'll want to work with coaches. She'll want to work with mentors. Um, you know, she believes she's here to evolve every day and she's on a mission to make sure she's continuously evolving. Um, she's also a bit of a social butterfly. So she likes to regularly, you know, make plans to see friends, to go to social activities. She thrives on meeting new people. But she also has no time for complaining, no time for negativity. So if somebody is in a very much negative cycle, she'll very quickly move away from anyone who's trying to kill her vibe. Um, in mythical sort of stories, the queen archetype is very much devoted to her own marriage and to protecting the sanctity of marriage. Um, she's very much a powerful woman who devotes herself wholly to whatever she chooses to focus her energy onto. But then we have the, the queen in her shallow side. So she can be quite shallow. She can be quite image conscious. She's perhaps prone to judgment of herself, but also of others. And she can become quite controlling. So this is often rooted in her, this strive to perfectionism, for, for perfectionism. So she'll try and control everything as a way to try and make the situation or herself um, to make things feel perfect. She can very easily feel threatened by other women and sometimes be blinded by jealousy when somebody has something that she desires. Now, if you recognize or feeling pulled, you are feeling pulled to the queen archetype to embody her more, um, first of all, invest in your growth. Um, start creating upgrades within your life, you know, start to find small things that you can incrementally upgrade. Um, you know, invest in coaches, invest in mentors, um, get comfortable making decisions, whether big decisions or small decisions, become somebody that is, you know, that they're decisive. Start building a around you a team of people who, you know, you really trust, who are going to help take you to that next level. And also then let go of that need to be perfect. And then we have the archetype of the warrior S. She's sometimes also known as the huntress. She's this independent female spirit. Um, her primary goal is to achieve freedom and sovereignty in her own life. So she's very goal-orientated. She's competitive with herself. Um, she's very committed to the causes that she cares about. So she'll always stand up for what she believes in. Um, and she relies on no one but herself. Um, she's also very much a natural protector of other women, particularly those who are vulnerable or those who find themselves victimized. She's very self-assured, you know, she's courageous. She doesn't believe you need to have a partner to feel complete because she very much feels that she is whole on her own. And she feels most at home when she's in nature. 
But in the shadow side, she can be quite aloof or maybe even emotionally un- un- unavailable and perhaps even end up pushing people away or perhaps withholding her love. She may avoid vulnerability in, in an attempt to maintain her, her total independence. And sometimes she can resent other women as well. Now, if you re- recognize yourself or resonate with the warrior S to embody her more, be more adventurous. So plan an adventure, set yourself a new goal or challenge, something that's quite exciting, um, and then explore the outdoors more. Um, join a cause or a movement that you align with um, and make sure you're planning regular time to be by yourself. And then let other people in, you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable um, let people into your heart. And then we have the feminine archetype of the wild woman. So the wild woman then, she is the source of the feminine. She's the source of the feminine soul. So she's very much at home in her body. You know, she knows how to accept all of herself. She's able to confront her shadows and is not afraid of her shadows. She's not afraid of death and the rebirth cycle, you know, letting go of the parts of her that aren't serving her and, you know, rising up into something else. She's alive with passion, with creativity. She very much has a heightened connection with her inner wisdom. Um, she's wild in every sense of the soul, uh, every sense of the word, rather. Um, you know, so if to know the wild woman within is to really know your soul. Um, the wild woman in her shadow side can cause mayhem during the premenstrual phase of our cycle. So this might present itself as physical, mental, or emotional pain, darkness, denial, deconstruction, um, deconstruction, destruction rather. <laughs> so the typically, you know, what we'd associate with PMS, the wild woman really feels into this. Um, to embody the wild woman, if this is something that you are resonating with, meet your shadow self. So really engage in regular shadow work where you are facing up to the darker parts of your personality that you're perhaps shying away from. Um, bring awareness to your deepest emotions and your feelings. Get to know yourself really intimately. Um, start to unleash your really raw, authentic nature. And then we move into the archetype of the wise woman. Um, so a wise older woman or community leader, typically. Um, so the wise woman represents uh, somebody that's lost their fertility. Um, perhaps their external beauty is starting to decline by, you know, society's standards. Um, they're less active, they're less youthful, but in exchange of this superficial value, um, in return, she's got experience, a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, which she shares with others freely. So she can be deeply introverted and very much tuned into her intuition. Um, this woman is really fully awake. You know, she knows who she is. She's very much connected to her higher self. Um, she's deeply connected to the universe. She offers us intuition and wisdom to guide us into the next phase or chapter of our lives, allowing us to elevate and evolve. And then in turn, we can offer compassion and guidance to those around us, particularly to other women. But then we have the wise woman in her shadow side. She may become so introverted to the point that she actually socially isolates herself from her friends, her family, her community, um, which can then lead to a feeling of external disconnection and maybe even really deep loneliness. Um, maybe she struggles to feel that sense of belonging in the world. If you're feeling called to or drawn to this wise woman archetype, to embody her more, it would be about sharing and teaching your wisdom and knowledge more, um, you know, embracing your gifts, 
creating moments of stillness to really tune in and and reflect and just remembering to connect with the outside world. So not kind of isolating yourself so much. Now, these are very much a kind of a simplistic overview of the, the various feminine archetypes that I work with within my own work. Um, but I wanted to leave you today with some questions to ask yourself if you want to kind of explore this work further. So the first question would be, well, which archetype do I identify with at this moment? And it may be that you identify with a number, but normally you tend to have a pull towards one over another. And when you recognize which is the one you identify with the most, asking yourself, well, how can I embody this archetype more? So I gave you some suggestions for each archetype today. Um, so it would be going ahead and practicing some of those, those ways to embody your archetype more. And then asking, do I exhibit the shadow of this archetype? And starting to explore that a little bit. In what way do I exhibit the shadow of this archetype? And then thinking about, well, how is being in this shadow serving me? So rather than just completely rejecting our shadow side, we're exploring it, we're acknowledging that it exists, and we're actually thinking, well, where is this perhaps serving me? You know, it's not always a negative to be in the shadow side. But then also, how is it not serving me? And then actually asking yourself, am I judging this shadow, shadow side? Am I denying this part of myself? Do I feel shameful or guilty for possessing this shadow side? And that would be a good sign that you're judging it. And then in response to that, what can I compassionately say to this shadow side right now to accept it more? And this is really about creating wholeness as a feminine leader. You know, to really show up in the world in the most, the most powerful way that we can, it means to both celebrate our light, but also to accept our shadows, to be compassionate with our shadow side. So that question at the end, what can I compassionately say to this shadow side right now? It's an opportunity to, for us to love ourselves wholly rather than kind of saying to ourselves, well, I love this about myself, but that part I don't love so much. We're actually starting to love ourselves fully for who we are, both the light and the dark. And that's when we can really step into this world in the most powerful way. So I hope you found this interesting. Um, let me know your thoughts. Let me know which um, feminine archetype you are resonating with the most at this point in your life. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Danny underscore Watson underscore coaching. Come and say hello there. But yeah, I hope you found it interesting because I, when I first discovered this, I found it so, so fascinating. Um, so yeah, I really hope that you did too. Have a wonderful rest of the week, ladies, and I will catch you on the next episode. Bye, ladies. Wanting to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact, our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.